What is going on everyone? My name is Andy. Welcome back to another FPL video. In this one I'm going to analyse some of the expert drafts that were posted by the official FPL account last week on Twitter. I'm going to take a look at the data, see who the popular picks are, and then we'll go through some of the individual drafts as well. The reason that I've put it as expert or written it like that is because anytime you do content for FPL, they call you an expert, but I know that anyone involved hates that term. Nobody actually calls themselves an expert, but because FPL have used that term so have I just before we jump into it if you do want to get your team rated for free you can use the my team tool over on fantasy football hub that link is at the top of the description and these are the 27 accounts that were featured in that thread and I'll link the thread down below if you want to go and follow them on twitter you can I think I was supposed to also be on this thread but I forgot to reply to the email in time so it should have probably been 28 people but 27 is what we're going to go with so let's take a look at the goalkeeper selection first of all basically I went through all 27 teams and made a note of their first 11 I didn't look at the bench as well because you got a lot of 4.5 million forwards most people wouldn't have put a huge amount of thought into that yet and obviously this thread was posted about a week ago so some people's drafts might have changed but I still think it gives us a good indication of how people who are very engaged with FPL are thinking so the top goalkeeper pick was Jordan Pickford at 44% I think that is simply because there's no question marks around him we know his first choice absolutely nailed on the Everton fixtures are pretty good there's nothing really there to worry about obviously the Everton, Everton defense itself isn't great but in terms of save points and stuff like that Pickford should be absolutely fine I think by the time we get closer to game week one that percentage will come down people will start looking at Brentford goalkeepers Brighton goalkeepers and stuff like that but at the moment he is quite a popular pick the more interesting point here is that apart from 11% of people choosing Ramsdale everyone else has gone for a 4.5 million goalkeeper or below so if you're new to FPL and you're thinking about picking your draft you can see that a lot of experienced FPL managers that is the way they go simply because even if the goalkeeper plays for a team that might not get a huge amount of clean sheets they're hoping they'll get save points along on the way and often if they can nick a clean sheet they get bonus because of the saves they make in those games too so 4.5 is probably where I will go 11% of people did choose Ramsdale I think when Onana comes to Man United that might be a popular choice as well but right now most people have gone 4.5 or below and interestingly no one has chosen a Brighton goalkeeper I think that's purely because of how popular Estupinian is so I put a tweet out the other day asking people whether they had Trent Alexander-Arnold in their current draft and 58% of people said they did, 42% said they didn't. When I looked at the expert drafts, 85% of them have got Trent Alexander-Arnold and it makes complete sense. He's a brilliant FPL option. He has been every single season over the last five. It just makes me a little bit worried as someone who's currently taking him out. Obviously, game week one's a long way away. I could put him back in. I completely get why everyone's got him. But 85 percent is quite high so I'm a little bit worried about that obviously there's plenty of reasons to include him one of which might be that people just want to start with him because if you don't and then suddenly you need to get him in it does become a little bit trickier obviously you could set yourself up to be able to do it in two moves but you don't want to be using two transfers that early on so I completely get why so many people have got him Estupinian 78 percent I know I say this a lot and it sounds a bit stupid because I've literally got him in my draft but I wonder if he's that good of an option to be 78%. I mean, the fixtures are good. He's very attacking. Doesn't have much competition. Brighton defense is pretty good. So I do get it. 
I just wonder if he's 78% good, but then I've got him, so maybe he is. Uh, 37% was Gabriel, 33% was Shaw, 22% Zinchenko. I'm going to talk about him versus Gabriel in a minute. I want to look at the stats between the two to see which way we should be going, because you know that Gabriel is a bit of a favourite for mine, but maybe I'm missing something there. Maybe I should be going for Zinchenko instead. There's a few Man City players scattered in. Uh, actually, Ake, Stones, Akanji, and Ruben Diaz all featured. Obviously, different people people have different minutes expectations from uh, various Man City players. There was a Botman in there as well. Someone even had Saliba instead of uh, Zinchenko or Gabriel. Someone even had Ben White. That pick I just don't get whatsoever. I, if he's going to get regular minutes at right back again, he's decent enough. But I don't think he's super attacking. I would just go for the one of the five millions instead. So yeah, Trent Alexander-Arnold, super popular. It's got me worried. Lots of different midfielders were selected. I'm not going to go through every single one, but it just shows you how many different options we have in those midfield spots, right? So that's why a lot of people are on a 3-5-2 formation. The most popular is probably no surprise, 78% Bakayo Saka. If you compare that to his overall ownership, it's about 51-52%. So the experts definitely value value him a bit higher than the overall kind of player base does and I just think with penalties at the same price as Odegaard I just don't see how you can go wrong with that pick 63% is Matoma so in terms of 6.5 million midfielders I do personally think without trying to sit on the fence it's very close between Matoma, March and Mbomo but in this case Matoma is the most popular 6.5 and Bomo is 48% uh, and Solly March is only 4% so he's hardly selected by anyone and that is very similar when you look at kind of overall ownership in the whole um, player base. Again a few Man City players on here one of note is Foden at 41% so he is someone that I haven't put in any draft so far in my current draft I do have a spot for Madison so I could easily switch to Foden I will talk about him a little bit more but he is someone that's kind of rated quite highly within the engaged managers who kind of play FPL and the reason for that is he's great when he gets minutes so if you can predict the minutes right there's a lot of points on offer it can just be frustrating when it goes wrong so he's quite popular another player that I've not really been keen on so far as Martinelli at 26%. I guess he is 0.5 cheaper than Odegaard and Saka. So if you think his minutes are going to be good, he is a fantastic pick. I'm just not quite as convinced as everyone else, but that's just me. A few other players in there, 11% for Eze, 11% for Inciso. A couple, uh, couple of people had Mason Mount. There was a few Liverpool players in there. Salah. Salah, the greatest FPL player of all time. Not in my draft. It makes me so sad. Only owned by 7% of everyone I checked out on the experts. That is just a sad sight to see. I think that might go up slightly as we get closer to game week one. I just think the big problem is, anytime someone makes a draft with Salah and Trent, they hate what it looks like. So they've got to go for one. And it's a little bit easier to fit Trent in. So I think that's why he's so low. By the way, if you want to see me do a draft with Trent and Salah, let me know down in the comments below. There is one in this as well that I'm going to talk over. But yeah, that's midfielders. Saka, 78%. Matoma, 63%. Rashford and Fernandez both 52%. So people are split over who is the better option there. So it's no surprise that Erling Haaland has 100% ownership in the 27 drafts that I look through. Makes sense. Most people are going to captain him every single week. One player that wasn't on this list whatsoever was Harry Kane. Now there was a few people that went for Mo Salah as a second premium attacker, but as it stands, no interest in Kane. And I kind of get that, right? If you're going to go for a second premium, take the guy with Bournemouth at home in game week two. But if you look at the fixtures as a whole over the first five to six weeks, I do quite like Spurs 
Spurs because in game week three, they got Bournemouth away, game week four, Burnley away, and game week five is Sheffield United at home. After that, it is Arsenal and Liverpool, which isn't great. But that little spell from game weeks three to five looks pretty good. And because of the amount of midfielders we've got to choose from, and you can see that from the, the size of the list that I spoke about just a minute ago compared to this forwards list, it would be easier to fit Kane and a cheap midfielder than Salah and a cheap forward. So that's maybe something to think about. But I think most people are going to go with just one premium, and that is Haaland. Second most popular pick is Gabriel Jesus of 44%. Spoke about him a lot. And Kunku, 22%. Not massively owned, but still much higher than anyone else. I do think after Jesus, if you're going down in price... And Kunku's probably the best option or one of the better options because I think most of us think his minutes will be decent. Obviously, if you don't expect that, then you shouldn't go for him. But I do think he's going to play very regularly for Chelsea. They've got no European competition or anything like that. And he's probably going to be on penalties too. So if you want to go a little bit cheaper or you haven't got room for Jesus because you've got triple Arsenal elsewhere and Kunku kind of fills a spot where there's not a huge amount of other competition. Other options, 11% Ferguson, 11% Gakpo, 7% Zhao Pedro. I think both of those picks were Sam and Lee from FPL Family. I think they've both got him in. 7% Watkins, and then a couple of people chose Darwin. Even Morris from Luton, although I suspect that pick might have even changed now because Luton are blanking in game week two. And one person had Mitrovic, but apparently Mitrovic wants to leave Fulham to go to the Saudi League. So we'll have to wait and see what happens before we get to that game week one deadline so i can't go through all 27 drafts individually but i am going to take a look at a few of them the first one is from as good friend if you haven't already checked out his channel go and search for fpl black box on youtube and subscribe to that i've also put all the drafts i'm going to mention now through the my team tool on fantasy football hub to get their team rating this one comes out at 89 if you want to get your team rated for free remember it's the link at the top of the description now i'm not going to go through every single player because there's a bunch of these through preseason we talked about a lot but I'll talk about a few individual ones I would also say I'm not convinced he's going to go through with captain in Saka over Haaland in game week one maybe that was a mistake but that's how the screenshot went through on the thread on Twitter I mean don't get me wrong Saka is a great option really good fixture penalties nailed on etc but I don't think I can go against Haaland against a newly promoted side on the opening day of the season so let's see what happens there in goal I don't particularly like the Leno pick Fulham were bottom six for expected goals conceded last season. I don't expect that to change too much this year. So I'm not convinced they can keep a huge amount of clean sheets. And also, I've mentioned before that goalkeeper is a position you don't want to huge, uh, use a huge amount of transfers on. So you've got to think a bit longer term. But I think with Fulham, their fixtures aren't particularly great short or long term either. So if we have a quick look at them, in game week three and four... They got Arsenal away and Man City away. After that, and, and kind of either side of that, Everton away, Brentford at home, Luton at home, Palace away are not that bad. But then it's straight into Chelsea at home in game week 7, Spurs away in game week 9, Brighton away in game week 10, Man United at home in game week 11. So I think you can do better for 4.5 million. I quite like Flecken if he's going to be first choice, Brighton goalkeepers as well. I'm just not sure I would land on Leno. And in the very short term, I think Everton's fixtures might be slightly better. And defensively, those two teams are quite similar anyway so Leno's not for me in terms of Zinchenko let's settle this right now because I keep saying that I prefer Gabriel I haven't really done a side-by-side -side comparison of their stats so I'm going to check them out on the Opta tool on Fantasy Football Hub this is part of their memberships is up to 50% off at the moment if you want to check them out again links in the description below so I've got their per 90 
numbers for expected goals and expected assists. Gabriel is 0.09 expected goals per 90, 0.03 expected assists. So as you'd imagine, he's more of a threat from set pieces. He's not really going to create many chances for you. And then Zinchenko, I really should have checked this before I recorded, is 0.06 expected goals, so slightly lower goal threat, but higher assist threat. Now, if you combine the two numbers... Zinchenko does come out just ahead, but that's on a per 90 basis. And if you're asking me right now who's going to play 90 minutes more often, it's Gabriel, right? I just think there's less rotation potential there. And also fitness-wise, he got he got less injuries last year as well. So I still think as it stands, Gabriel's the better option. If you want to go for Zinchenko and you think he's nailed on, no issues with that pick whatsoever. I think with Ake, we would all love a nailed-on Man City defender for just 5 million. Maybe early on, Ake will be the one i think if they play a similar setup to how they did last year they'll have stones going into midfield they'll form a back three ake will play as the left center back but we need to see what else happens with that squad if laporte's still there he can also play that role and if they buy vardiol he could also play there as well now it's worth saying that often new players into man city take a little bit of time to bed in pep doesn't necessarily use them week in week out every you know, every single game. And some people will say, if they're going to spend 100 million, of course he's going to be straight in the team. But then look at players like Jack Grealish. There's countless examples of when players don't get straight into the Man City side. So I think there's a good chance Ake gets decent game time early on. But it's not a guarantee. And I do question whether it's just worth the headache. But if you think his minutes are good, of course, for 5 million, he's a brilliant pick. Um, elsewhere, Foden is someone that I haven't spoken about much. I think Mares looks very likely to leave. So people seem to think that's a guarantee that Foden will now play. I don't think it's a guarantee, but it does make it much more likely. Remember that Bernardo Silva can play on the right. A lot of people think that De Bruyne will be injured at the start of the season, so Foden will definitely play in midfield, um, which could happen, especially if Bernardo Silva's playing on the right. And it probably is the most likely... But it is possible that Alvarez plays instead of De Bruyne and Kovacic could be using the Gundogan spot at times. So I think Foden's minutes at the start of the season, if Mares goes and they don't replace him and De Bruyne is injured, Foden's minutes probably will be really good. But there is a chance they still get kind of reduced because of those other options they've got. But I think if there's any indication that Foden's going to get good minutes first four to six game weeks, I will almost certainly put him in my side. And just quickly on Gakpo... I'm just not sure I can go there. I get it, because you get a Liverpool attacker for just 7.5 million. But what is to say that Darwin Nunez doesn't play through the middle? Pre-season will give us a good indication of where Klopp wants to use him. And of course, there could just be rotation anyway. And I understand that Gakpo was first choice end of last year. That doesn't mean it's going to be the same going into this season. So a bit like Foden, if his minutes are good, then for 7.5 million, he could be an absolute bargain. I'm just even less convinced about Gakpo than I am with Foden. So next up is Late Risers Draft. If you're not already following him, make sure you do. He does an FPL podcast called the FPL Wire. You can search for that on YouTube and subscribe. The team rating for this one came out at 90%, so slightly higher than Az's draft. And most of the players in this team we've seen many times now. They're solid options. Pickford, Shaw, Estrepinian. You've got Saka, Matoma, Rashford, Jesus, Haaland, etc. But what I will say about Late Risers FPL management style is he likes to look for calculated gambles and I would say that Chilwell and Nkunku in the first 11 in game week one is a good example of that most FPL managers have already figured out that Chelsea have a really good fixture swing in game week three but most of them are going to wait and see what happens and then look to transfer them in hoping that loads of other stuff hasn't happened 
where they've got to use transfers and that instead. For late riser, he's just going for it from the off and hoping that he's ahead of the curve. And I call that a calculated gamble because Nkunku and Chilwell are quality players. Chelsea are a big team. Pochettino is a really great manager. But given the mess of last season, there's no guarantee that they will hit the ground running. But if they do, you've saved yourself some transfers. You've got a couple of players that are potentially underpriced. And from game week three, have that really great fixture run. And because there's triple Arsenal attack, Martinelli, Saka and Jesus, you can't have Gabriel in defence anyway. So really, there's no one else I would say that you're massively missing out on. Because the other two defenders are Eshapinian and Shaw, who are you looking at? Like a Spurs defender, a Man City one? I think having Chilwell from the off looks pretty good. And like I've said many times now, at 7.5 million, I really do like Nkunku. With Martinelli, again, this is a little bit like the Zinchenko versus Gabriel um, conversation. I do think he's a good option if he gets the minutes. That is your only decision with him. If you think he's going to start every game and he's going to get 75 to 85 minutes and all of those, then he probably is a great pick. And obviously, he is 8 million, so he's a little bit cheaper, so he's easier to fit in. I'm still just slightly kind of worried about him. Again, if we look at the stats between like a him and... Uh, you know, who's the other guy? Mar uh, Saka, who I've talked about quite a lot, right? We'll put in Martinelli. His numbers, according to Fantasy Football Hub, is 0.36 XG and 0.3 expected assists. So 0.66 expected goal involvement. And if you compare that to Saka, he's actually a little bit lower. So let me just uh, make sure this comes up properly. We'll just click that. There we go. So 0.23 expected goals so slightly lower and 0.23 expected assists so his underlying numbers are actually worse but he does play more often and he's on penalty so that's why i like him so much but as we saw in the midfield conversation earlier martinelli is very popular and if i've got it wrong about his minutes and the fact that trossard could come on for him and stuff like that i'm going to be missing out on a very very good player so i completely understand why he's in i also quite like the bench, because it's a little bit stronger than most people's benches, and CISO at 5.5 million midfielder, and then Botman as well, who a lot of people have. I'm still a little bit skeptical about how in CISO's minutes will be. I think Jao Pedro could play in that position as well, kind of number 10 or off the forward and stuff like that. But preseason will give us a better indication. Nobody is locking their team in right now. And I think it's a pretty good setup overall. Also, one of very few managers that's actually gone for a 3-4-3. Like in Kunku at 7.5 million, you could go to like a Madison or a Sterling in midfield and then use that money to change in CISO to like a Morris at Luton or maybe one of the 6 million um, forwards if you've got enough cash. So that's a different way of setting up. But if Nkunku's on penalties, he could be from the off a much better option than Sterling and Madison. So no issues with this team whatsoever. I'll tell you what though, if Foden is looking like an option in game week one, I guarantee you Late Riser puts him in. And last up is FPL Rockstar. I don't think he does a podcast or anything like that, but he's a nice guy. So go and follow him on Twitter. Uh, team rating for this one comes in at 91%. So slightly higher than the other two. And the interesting thing about this draft, it doesn't just have Haaland. It also has Salah and it also has Trent Alexander-Arnold as well. So the three big hitters that most of us would love to fit into our teams has been done here and the way it's been done is in a 4-4-2 formation with Evan Ferguson up front for just six million now personally I'm still not completely convinced on the Ferguson pick I get why people are going for him he looks great he's going to develop into a brilliant player Brighton are a great attack they've got really good fixtures Luton at home game week one is really enticing and he probably is the number one forward for Brighton 
But I still think there's a chance that he gets managed, especially with the amount of options they've got. I guess early on, Europa League won't have started in the first few weeks. So maybe with that week's rest, he will get regular minutes. And maybe I'm completely wrong about him. I just have slight worries about how much he's going to be managed. In the league last year, he only played 90 minutes once, and that was the last game of the season. So I don't know. I need a bit of convincing in pre-season, but I completely understand the pick. And obviously... If you want to go for those three big hitters, you've got to make a sacrifice somewhere. One thing you could do instead is go for Wister up front for Brentford. And if you don't want to go for double Brentford attack, is switch Mbomo to a Brighton attacker. So you could go Matoma and Wister instead of Mbomo and Ferguson. That could be one way to do it. In midfield, again, a couple of sacrifices. There's only room for Salah and Saka in terms of players 8.5 million or above. They've got Mbomo and Eze in here. Eze I've spoken about a little bit. I don't mind him. He obviously finished great uh, last season. Roy Hodgson's still in charge. He's the one that brought him back in the team. I think Crystal Palace's fixtures are okay. In the first three, they've got Arsenal at home and two away games, although one is against Sheffield United to open the season. Then it's Wolves at home, Villa away, Fulham at home. So not bad, but I think when you compare his underlying data to the uh, Brighton mids like March and Matoma there's not really a comparison and Brighton's fixtures are great as well and I know some people don't like tripling up on teams so for this one if you swapped Eze to Matoma you'd have Estepinian Matoma and Ferguson but I don't think it's a huge issue like for me I'm not worried if I've got Estepinian and Ferguson I'm just weighing up Eze versus Matoma and again these drafts aren't locked in I'm sure there's going to be changes that are made but I'm just talking about what's in front of us so I like Eze as an option I just don't think he's better than Mbomo, Matoma or even Solly March either so I don't think there's a huge amount of issues with this team obviously that six million pound forward could be a slight problem later on but if Ferguson does play regularly at the start you could be laughing and obviously if you want to captain Salah game week two you've got the option if Trent smashes it from the off you don't have to worry about how you're going to get him in in terms of the bench I still don't think any of the 4.5 million forwards are going to play regularly I know as had Balogun in his team which I didn't mention obviously he won't keep him unless he moves to a different Premier League club if a 4.5 million forward gets regular game time this this kind of draft will become very popular but it is a slight issue right now because that player is not going to get you many um, points you've also got a four million defender who's not going to be great either the Andreas Pereira pick is interesting because he's 5.5 million I don't actually think that's necessarily a bad price I don't think there's too many 5.5 million midfielders right now that stand out and with Andreas if, if Mitrovic does move clubs Andreas could then be first choice penalty taker for Fulham and you know he's nailed on he's going to play most games underlying stats were okay for 5.5 he might be an all right option but I think there's other ways that you could possibly structure this so I've actually got the team here and I'm just going to do this on the fly but if a if a four point like okay let's say Anana comes in at five million right he looks like he's going to go to Man United it's just a matter of time so we put Raya in as a placeholder you could then drop Luke Shaw down to a five million defender or, or even a four a four point five instead let's just say Botman that will give you 0.5 million to upgrade Bayer to another one so you could look to rotate i can't remember how well Paul torres and botman rotate but you could look at different defenders there that might just make things a little bit easier to manage if something bad goes down and if you wanted to if if a five or even a 4.5 midfielder becomes an option you could reduce andreas down and then upgrade botman and Paul torres again so one player that a lot of people are looking at 
is um, this guy for Wolves. They think he might get some good game time. Again, preseason will will kind of show us that. But you don't necessarily need to play him, but it gives you the money to upgrade these two spots. So you could go for Chilwell. You could also bring Luke Shaw back in. Uh, oh, no, sorry. He's, he's 5.5. Yeah, sorry. You've got to keep 4.5 there. But again, that might make it slightly easier to manage. So if we just go here now. Uh, so just pretend this is Onana in goal. Um, you can play Chilwell or Botman game week one. It doesn't really matter. But if, if Bubakar Traore is getting minutes and you've got that slightly better bench option, maybe Chilwell instead of Andreas Pereira, and you've got to upgrade Bayer, 4 million to Botman instead, that might be a slightly better way to do it. I'm really interested in how best you can make a Trent, Salah, and Haaland draft work. So I'm going to look into this a little bit more and maybe do a separate video on it if people are interested in that. But I think it's possibly workable. I think the bench is maybe the slight issue, but as soon as a 4.5 or a 5 million midfielder or forward becomes an option i think a lot more people will look at this by the way as well if Ariola does become first choice or someone like Quivine kelleher goes from liverpool to wolves which is being rumored we might then have four million goalkeepers that are playing and you could double up and just spend eight million uh, in the goalkeeper positions and have even more money to spend elsewhere so there's loads of different ways these drafts are going to change by game week one and obviously i'm going to keep an eye on it and do my own drafts as well if you've enjoyed that video make sure to give it a like hit that subscribe button if you haven't done so already check out all the links for fantasy football hub in the description below and i will catch you again soon sports social podcast network